This is Gary Holt, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello, everybody. This is Charlie from Anthrax, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Turn it up. Anthrax loves you. Yo, what's up? This is Frank Bello from Anthrax, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Turn it up! Welcome to episode 378 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. In episode 378, we are joined uh, for the second time, I believe, by Anthrax drummer Charlie Bonante uh, to talk about um, their tour. They're coming in on the 9th of June, going to be opening for Slayer on their uh, farewell tour at the Keyback Pavilion. Also talk about the Kings Among Scotland DVD release, which uh, just came out uh, in the last couple weeks. A fantastic album they did in uh, Scotland, uh, live album. And uh, watching the bonus features on that DVD, there's some really interesting, I think, snippets of him uh, when they go into what they're doing on their days off. And you'll see he's kind of a workaholic uh, and does a lot of the creative work for the band. So I was really interested to get a chance to talk to Charlie I think we had a pretty engaging conversation, so I'm going to play you a little bit of that new uh, live Anthrax Kings Among Scotland. Let's get into that interview with Charlie. City Rocks from the band Anthrax. We have Charlie Benante on the line. How you doing, Charlie? I'm doing great. Hey, you guys um, have just kind of kicked off this, you've got this whole thing in motion with uh, Slayer's kind of swan song, so to speak. Um, at least initially, how has that felt, you know, going out on the road with those guys, knowing that, you know, this, you know, for all intents and purposes, maybe the end of their touring? Um, I mean... Honestly, in the back of my mind, I know that for them, 
the the end is is coming mm -hmm. um i don't know i don't know when it's the end though i mean i don't i'm not sure if they know either i don't know how long they plan on extending this for sure um but, but i think they'll stay within the realms of okay this is it you know mm -hmm. we're gonna do it for this amount of time and then we're calling it a day um you know i've seen them you know dressing rooms here and there walking around and it's just we don't talk about that stuff we just right. say hey how's, how's your back doing yeah, yeah man, normal stuff doing. how are the kids <laughs> and normal yeah it's got to be, you know, kind of the elephant in the room, you know, when you, when you say something like that. And, and I think in, at least in the world of metal in particular, you know, maybe even if you include bands like The Who, sometimes people take the, the farewell with a grain of salt and, uh, you know, maybe, it, you know, they don't tour as much or don't do the, you know, full-on world tour. But I don't think anybody can imagine a world without Slayer. Um, you know, it's been such a, you know... Actually, you know, all of you guys have been such a part of the fabric of, you know, metal for the last 30 plus years. Um, you know, it would just be weird. But um, you guys just released a, a fantastic live DV, uh, Kings Among Scotland, um, with I think almost as equally interesting uh, the bonus feature out of the band on tour, which shed a lot of light in to I think you in particular. Uh, because, you know, we saw some of the guys like to go around and travel and Frankie's kind of, the, you know, does the, the jokester stuff, but you time off, you're working. Um, can you talk a little bit about your drive in particular? Because I think a lot of people think, you know, no Charlie, no anthrax. Um, can you talk about that? Like your work ethic? You know, it's like for me, I, I push it sometimes, mm -hmm. but I only push it just to get motivated more. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's times when I just want to zone out mm -hmm. and uh, whether it's, you know, taking my daughter to a movie or sure. taking her shopping and we're just driving in the car and she's doing her thing and I'm doing my own thing and then boom, something will just hit me, mm -hmm. an idea or something will, will just hit me and uh, I'll grab my phone and I'll just hum it into the phone mm -hmm. and then I'll get home and I'll play it back and kind of transpose it from my wonderful humming right. style to to uh, guitar and um, a lot of times I'm, I'm I feel very blessed that I have something with me that I can you know capture it with because back in the old days you know, you'd be driving with nothing and you would try and write something down and by the time you get back and realize what it was that rhythm is out of your memory you know right. what i mean yeah, so exactly i i think i thank god for technology but i do like to keep thinking of all different things i my brain usually goes towards the anthrax song mm -hmm. um and then sometimes it goes to a more mellower side of things where I've, I have, you know, 40-something years of other tunes that will never be Anthrax material, but I would like to put them out somewhere at some point, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's... 
And that's what's, I think, nice with the way recording technology, you know, in some respects, you know, the, the ability to do Pro Tools on the road and things. You see a, a lot of band members able to put some of these things out eventually because it doesn't cost, you know, millions to go into a studio to make a decent, you know, you know, side project type of album. So it would be interesting to hear because, you know, I think people think of you, they think of this is, this is Anthrax, you know, in, in you embody Anthrax in, in the music. But, you know, you're a human like the rest of us, and you might like to listen to a pop song or a, you know, a country song or whatever, you know, outside of, you know, blast beats and metal. You know, there's... Oh, of, yeah, absolutely. And I always, I'm always the first one to say uh, a good song is a good song. Mm -hmm. I don't care what genre it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't, I don't tend to stick to too many genres. I mean, back in the 80s, I was one of those guys who was kind of like in the closet about certain mm. musical tastes that I had. Right. And then at one point in the 80s, I just said, oh, fuck it, I don't care. And just said, hey, I love The Cure. Hey, I love mm. Depeche Mode. Hey, I love The Beatles. Mm. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and you're absolutely right. But, I, you know, growing up in that same era, you know, we would go see a Megadeth or whomever, but... You know, we would sneak to see Depeche Mode with our girlfriends, but no one was going to say anything, and you're whistling just can't get enough for a couple of days because it was a damn good song, not because, you know, always secretly wishing that someone would cover that, you know, metal band would, would mosh out to that song, but um, you're absolutely right. Well, I mean, back, but back in the days, it was like almost if you exposed your political party and... Right. Your disdain, your disdain for a certain political figure, you, you know, you would just be like blasted. Mm -hmm. I mean, nowadays it's worse than it's ever been, but yeah. all it was was just me liking a different form of music. Um, and uh, I, I just take influences from different places and mm -hmm. then send it through the metal filter. Right. Boom, comes out sounds like that. Now, when you approach a, a song, you know, being, you know, you're chief cook and bottle wash for these songs um do you start with maybe a, like you mentioned kind of scatting some some uh, melodies into your phone is that would that be a vocal melody or do you, do you kind of come up with a riff first or how do, how do you normal and i guess every song is probably <laughs> yeah. different but do you have every song is different but the majority of the time it starts from a guitar riff that mm -hmm. triggers another guitar riff Mm -hmm. which triggers another guitar riff and then before you know it I've, I've just played a four or five minute thing that consisted of seven different riffs that mm -hmm. can be kind of uh, you know you could uh, attach your caboose to each one of these riffs and make right. a tune out of it you know um, so basically it goes that way sometimes it starts with a drum beat a drum groove, a mm. drum fill, right. uh, and uh, the song in the end started with the melody of the of the of the song, and then a riff was built around that, um, okay. which was great because I love when that happens too because it's very uh, peculiar. It's like wow, that doesn't happen a lot, you know? Yeah, and, and I, when I think of your music, the only song off the top of my head that I could think of that kind of has that sort of Sabbath thing where the melody and the guitar riff is kind of the same was Be All End All 
but you know you do a lot of you know where the vocal melodies go in one direction and the guitar riff is is underneath it doing something completely different and that's a whole different mindset than you know when I think of like Sabbath where Ozzy kind of sings what Tony's playing quite a bit you know so I wondered how you yeah, differentiate yeah. that it's sometimes it's uh, sometimes the melody does go along with the guitar riff but mm-hmm. sometimes it's the counter melody yeah. that works better um, like that way of Nirvana he would like sing what the guitar mm-hmm. was playing you know that type of thing which was uh, which was also great because the melody was really strong so it's like okay sing over that it's perfect yeah now when you approach your artwork um, you know very similar I guess you know maybe it's a metaphor one for the other but you're starting with a blank canvas you know or blank you know pixels um, do you does that do you parallel those processes of creating, you know, graphics versus creating songs? Uh, most of the time, with the uh, like an album cover, mm-hmm. I I would need the uh, to have the compositions pretty much established. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The tone, the even some of the titles help okay. with the cover because uh, before you know it, like with the Persistence of Time album and the cover, um, I was way, way into my Salvatore Dali phase at that yeah. point. And, and the records, the record was very dark because of the state of euphoria. Um, the sun was shining and we were all happy. And with the record after that, we, went way darker because of there was a bit of a backlash against us for being so happy and wearing shorts and this yeah. that, and the other thing and um it was really strange to us why a year before this these people these writers were, were praising us now they're trying to tear us down and, uh, i think it really did a number on our fucking heads you know what I mean yeah, yeah it certainly sometimes it's the worst thing you can do is read opinion other people's opinions of what you're doing um, yeah but I mean the the artwork you know I think that was one of the interesting things about the, the Scotland DVD is, is you know to get a chance to see you know for those who maybe don't realize how much of the effort of, of really the brand of Anthrax that you're involved in you know and that's you know, I think a lot of young musicians could take a page from that, you know, instead of handing this off and letting third parties and people who are going to rob you blind get involved in everything. You know, it's good to, to yeah, take the work, work the ethic. Thing, that's the one thing for young bands I would always say is there's usually an art guy in a band mm-hmm. because, especially for myself, it was always, it worked hand in hand with me. I was always into art. Um whether it be a Campbell soup can or a huge painting by Salvatore Dali, there was always something I could find in it that was like inspiring, you know, it was just yeah. pleasing to my eye. Um, and I would always make an effort to say, no, 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 I'm going to work on the album cover. I'll work with the record company, of course, but no, I want to be, yeah. you know, a hundred percent involved in it because I don't want later on, to wish I had, you right. know what I mean? Yeah, and, or end up with something you, you all end up hating. 
Um, do you get involved with like T-shirts and, and you know the designs on the, on the oh, yeah. merchandise, all that? Which oh, is hundred percent, Which I mean, you got to look at it kind of two ways. One, you're you're making sure that you're pleased with the quality of what you're presenting for the band, but you're also saving from having to pay, you know, somebody else to create this this work for you. So that's a um, well. You know, Every it seems like for me, um, I always have someone who I work with, mm -hmm. uh, an artist or whatever that um, I have a very good relationship with. Like mm -hmm. for the past ten years or more, um, this, this Stephen Thompson has been a great asset. He uh, Stephen was a fan, and we kind of met through the internet and became very friendly and he just had uh, I could tell him the idea and he would draw it up and it was perfect mm -hmm. and uh, he, Stephen does so much for us he just did the last this last cover the, the uh, Kings Among Scotland we had such a good time with that because I mm -hmm. wanted to do that Kiss kind of yeah. parody and he loved it too because he's a big Kiss fan and we just had fun with it, you know. Yeah, and it came out beautiful. The the colors on it, I think, really are so vibrant. You know, it really is an impressive. You know, and you like that. You know, I think metal guys love that. You know, flipping through the you know, the bins and you run across, you know, that twelve by twelve piece of art, and, and you know, it popped. You know, but it wasn't. It was a nice tip of the cap to Kiss, but not you know, blatant rip off. You know, you guys kind of made it your own. Which was, which was really oh yeah, cool. absolutely. I wanted to go with the same color scheme that For All Kings had mm -hmm. because it's a continuation of that, right? Uh, you know, piece. So the purples, the blues, the th you know things like that had to be uh, featured in there. There's 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 some little secret messages in there that only maybe certain Kiss fans would know about. There's certain things in the crowns. There's just little little things here and there. So now you're, you're going to make me put my reading glasses on and go back and look at that now. <laughs> that's uh, that's awesome. But the um, have you guys started to put any material together for a new album, or are you just going to kind of get through the you know the yeah obviously the fantasy tour yeah yeah we're um I mean I've already started some demos and stuff and mm -hmm. I think once this whole touring cycle ends at the end of the year uh maybe we can put the, the you know send the bus back and everybody gets back to home mm -hmm. decompress and then maybe start thinking about uh, creating new you know new a new album does it uh, and obviously when you have a tour like this kind of you know come across the the desk um, you know, you become almost foolish not to jump on something like this. But, you know, back 25 years ago, it was always, you know, studio album, tour for a year and a half, studio album, tour for a year and a half. Do you prefer it being kind of mixed up? Because obviously the lifeblood of most bands anymore is on the road from an economic standpoint. Do you prefer not being so regimented or, or do you miss kind of having time to just go away, write, record? You know, being that, uh, I'll say this, being that the business model has changed so much, sure, it's made things change a lot in, as far as the touring world, too, because um, 
usually on show days or days off, we would do record signings at record stores. Mm -hmm. um, we don't do those anymore. Um, but we do do these things, which are called meet and greets. Sure. And a lot of fans do them now because you don't sell records. Right. So this is a different way, and it's also what I feel is, is I think it's a, it's something for the fans who want to come and be a part of it, and meet you, and just mm -hmm. have you know a couple minutes and get a shot, you know, get a picture, and I mean, I kind of equate it to the whole you know record store thing. Yeah. But it's it's definitely it's definitely different nowadays the way it, the way it once was. Yeah. Now, I mean, on the other hand, for, you know, for a fan, it's kind of neat because you know, I know you. you I, one of you guys in the video had said, you know, if you had been able to do that with Kiss, for example, and I know, speaking of myself, you know, if if someone would have been able to say, okay, you know, Anthrax is coming in next week on the Persistence tour, and for X amount of money, you can go and meet the guys. You know, I mean, we'd have been hawking guitars or whatever we could to do that because, but there was it was impossible. You know, back then it was you know. Maybe a handful of you know select radio contest winners or something might get to meet a band or you know hang out outside a hotel. So it's a nice way you know for fans who have you know enjoyed the band and and can make you know make it to that such event. It's a great way to uh, you know kind of connect with you guys. Well, the the anonymity, the the mysteriousness of bands back in the day is mm. totally different now because oh, yeah. now there's way more access. Yeah. to the other side of it than there's ever been. I mean, you do these packages where fans can be on stage watching from that point of view, mm -hmm. uh, which, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to do that, but you're not going to hear the the show the way it is. You're going to hear fucking cymbals blasting in your yeah. ear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it, it's a different experience. Yeah, and for you know certain fans, it would probably give the left arm to be able to do that. So it's it's neat to be able to to provide that you know opportunity for folks. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Even though I think it is a big shock for anybody who stands on the side of a stage and watches a show, you can't hear anything. You're absolutely right. It's funny you mentioned that, but it, it is I would say within 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 um, I just see what certain bands charge. Mm -hmm. for their little packages and I kind of think that it's a bit over mm -hmm. what they really should charge I think yeah. you yeah. shouldn't bleed these kids yeah, yeah there are certain um, bands out there that I mean and I know from you know in the dealings I've had with different artists there are certain bands that don't care how many people show up to the show it's how many people show up to the meet and greet because they've priced it in such a way, um, you know, 50 people at the meet and greet can make them almost as much as the guarantee on the show. Um, so it is, yeah, it is. Probably more. It's yeah. more money than the show. You know, I've seen what these prices are, and I'm just mm. like, dude, if you have 10 people doing it at that price, yeah. why even play? Just, just yeah. go on tour and do meet and greets. Yeah, that's and it, what 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 I don't like is when you see the meet and greets where you're with a band, but then when you go, certain members of the band don't grace you with their presence, you know, and that I think is a disappointment for a lot of people, and I've seen that happen with, you know, some particular classic rock bands, uh, you know, who shall remain nameless, but you know, where 
you paid to meet the band and you got a couple guys who have been in the band for about five years and then the people who've been in there all along aren't available or you know aren't able to make it. and that can be disappointing for sure right it's, but, it's like meet and greet the band and then you get there and it's like well it's not the original members you're going to meet yeah. <laughs> you know these guys yeah exactly guys who are in other bands you know which you know you know, I think you just let the buyer beware. You kind of have to do some, you know, homework on the band and decide. You know, and there's some bands out there that, you know, the the price tag is is so astronomical. You know, you get into the the four digit numbers to to meet a band, and when you realize how much time you get for these kinds of things, that's a lot of money. Um, you know, maybe if Jimi Hendrix was doing one of those, I'd pay that, but that might be about it. But yeah. You know. But certain, you know, there are certain bands out there that make it very reasonable and, and, you know, make it very nice for the fans, and that's, you know, but I think it's it's a it certainly is a new business model, and it's you know certainly changed the concert industry over the last you know half a dozen years or so. Well, yeah. Well, Charlie, I, mean, I, I would be remiss. Yeah, we we had a, a listener with a question, and I'd be remiss not to ask: Is there? been any rumblings of any future Big Four shows, or is that so far out of the possibility that it's not worth answering? I, I don't know about that. I hear rumblings, but um, I couldn't say right now for sure, yes, mm-hmm. but I hear things. So I guess I'm being optimistic. Well, that's good. Well, we'll take optimism. That's better than absolute pessimism uh, in that case, you know, because unfortunately, you know, the way those worked out, you know, there's certain parts of the world, but there's a lot of, you know, the globe that wouldn't have an opportunity to see those yet. So hopefully we'll see some more of those before, uh, you know, Slayer, if they do call it a day, uh, do that. It would be a wonderful thing. So, Charlie, I want to thank you again. You guys are in um, Pittsburgh, uh, Burgettstown officially on the 9th uh, to do a show again with Slayer, Lamb of God, Testament, uh, Behemoth going to be a fantastic night and we look forward to seeing when you get into town cool man I'll be there so hopefully the uh, the way the shows have been going the, the, the audience has been so amazing uh, I thought um, pretty much every show has been great I will say that one show I thought the audience was kind of lame but I won't give who, what that show was <laughs> right Names per- change to protect the innocent. We'll assume in Pittsburgh. We'll yeah, assume but that it was Cleveland. It, it, but <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't even here. It was in Canada, and I think they know which yeah. one. Well, we 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 promise to show up in force in Pittsburgh, and we look forward to seeing when you come into town. All right. Thank you very much.
said it couldn't happen again. Rob Zombie. Marilyn Manson. Twins of Evil Tour. The Second Coming. July 25th. Key Bank Pavilion. Tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com. Marilyn Manson. Rob Zombie. Two icons. One sinister night. Part of the Bordis and Bordis concert series. All right, a big thank you for Charlie Benante for coming on the show again. They're going to be in town with Lamb of God, Testament, Behemoth, and Slayer. Wow, that just blows your mind just saying all that in one night. Uh, on July 9th, I'm sorry, June 9th at the Key Bank Pavilion. Uh, They're going to be doing a, a fantastic set. Each of the bands is doing like 35 to 45 minutes. And then Slayer comes on and does a full headline set at the end of the night. So it should be a fantastic night of metal. Uh, I know lots and lots of our fans are looking forward to that. So we invite you to check that out. I invite you to check out our website, ironcityrocks.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter are all forward slash ironcityrocks if you'd like to join any of those pages. Also, would invite you, if you have not already voted, we would deeply appreciate your vote on for the Pittsburgh City Paper Reader's Poll. You can go to pghcitypaper.com. Uh, click on the link on the right for the uh, Reader's Poll. Uh, we have been nominated and very thankful to be nominated for Best Local Podcast. Uh, we would encourage anybody within the sound of my voice uh, to get out and vote. The voting ends June 17th. Uh, really our chance to show... Uh, Pittsburgh and, and the rest of the media in Pittsburgh that mute is, is important uh, to many, many people. And uh, Pittsburgh is more than just a beer-drinking steel town. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with either of those. I'm a big sports fan myself, as you've probably gathered from many of the interviews uh, where we've mentioned uh, some sports things. But uh, I'd like to show people that there's more to Pittsburgh than just that. So we would really, really appreciate your vote if you have not voted already. So until next time, we want to thank you so much for listening. <laughs> 